サードコーストベースラジオラディオスサヘルサリスベース第三海岸第一收音機トリチラジオバスギターレバシシルバスラディオカテオいやフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフフ But we got your boys Guatavo and Griff coming here to show their asses. Without further ado, let's get to it.
Yo, that fucking mix was super interesting, super unique, very, very excellent. We have Aaron on the line, otherwise known as Guatavo. Say what's up to the people, Aaron. Hey, how's it going? Yo, man, that was super, super beautiful, man. Thank you so much for uh, blessing us with that music. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Who's Aaron? Who's Guatavo? What's your background? <laughs> okay, so Aaron is a kid from South Florida who uh, grew up near Miami and Fort Lauderdale and learned a lot of, started off playing rock and roll. It was pretty much all rock and roll in my youth. And um, I went to Orlando to audio engineering school, Valencia Community College, and was in a big hip hop community there. Of, that was all the people there. And so I started to learn production classes on Logic Pro, recording engineering, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of got sucked into the hip hop beats and electronic world that way. Awesome. Um, so after many years of making music, I originally went under the moniker of Vo, V-O-E. And when I finally put out my first official tape last year, my first beat tape, I realized there were many, many Vos. And so I had just got back from Guatemala and recorded a CD there, another CD. And so I decided to change my name to Guatavo. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, so you said you had a uh, you know, musical background, playing rock and stuff, all that. Uh, was it just like the guitar or were you kind of, a, you know, a musicianist where you could play all the instruments or were you classically trained or how did, how did that come to be? I was not classically trained until my 20s, but uh, I started playing rock and roll, self-taught guitar. And um, I was the singer, songwriter, like the, the frontman kind of guy. Like I played some keys sometimes, but I was on electric guitar and singing. Okay. with a band that I made in high school. So we were like rock and roll, guitar format, listen to rock music, Nirvana, Blink-182, Green Day. And there are some videos of that in the existence of the internet somewhere. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. Um, it was just, it was probably the most unique mix I've heard. I could hear the different elements. They were just, you know, all over the place. So I want to ask you, like, what, um, what inspired you to kind of, like, lean your life towards music? What was the initial... Um, like, you know, breaking point where you were like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> okay. It was very early for me because it was the first concert I ever played. So when I was 16, I played my first concert with my first band called Rhythmic Haven, which was like my high school band. And um, we, we rehearsed for like a year or so before we actually got a gig. But we got a real gig at a, at a new venue that doesn't exist anymore called the Talent Farm. And um, we played with some other local bands and it exploded. Like we had a heat, like we were the biggest hit in the, of the show. And I was only like 16 years old at the time, but we were very well rehearsed. So we were received well. Nice. And that show made me feel like a rock star, even though I was like, you know, there was just my friend, like 20, 30 people there maybe. <laughs> but it was the most amazing feeling in the world. And when I got off the stage, I thought, that's it. I found it. This is what I want to do. Nice, nice. And then, um, I mean, there were many years of going back and forth with actually committing to that versus, you know, getting a degree first, getting a, trying to get a degree in engineering and business and then getting other jobs and kind of like levying back and forth between believing in myself and not, you know. Definitely. Um, but over the years, it's become more refined because the more I played shows, the happier I got, the more I met musicians and started to produce and engineer and get different types of music gigs, the more enjoyable I found life to be. So now it feels more real than ever. And I feel like 100% committed in a way that maybe I never was previous. 
That's that's amazing. Um, so let's jump into your mix. Um, like I said, it was I loved it. I loved it. I'm not even gonna just. It was awesome. Um, what <laughs> Thank you, man. what like it exactly inspired your your sound design or your your what inspired this set? Was it all, all right. was it mostly um, electronic digital productions or was there a little bit of you live playing instruments into that mix or? There was, there's certainly both. Um, but I'll tell you the main inspiration for the majority of it. So actually yesterday, I, uh, I'm going to start at the end to go back to the beginning real quick. Okay. Um, yesterday I dropped my second beat tape called Battle Warm Beats 2. And the first beat tape I made was called Battle Warm Beats. And both of those tapes are from my five, six years in Florida producing and going in beat battles. And so, you know, like basically like a bunch of different producers play a show and, but it's kind of like in a competition format where there are judges Yeah. and you play like one minute snippets of your best beats and you try and hype the crowd up and get people excited. And, um, I did all these beat battles and I made all this music for about five years trying to win these beat battles. And so they have this kind of hip hop energy that was what I was going for and what was the theme of these events. And that was the majority of the mix. The first two segments of music were both my first and second beat tape. Um, and then the last songs, which started to become more rock and roll. Like I recorded in Guatemala with some musicians I met out there kind of going back to my roots a little bit now, uh, but to be more specific to the influences, there's guitar on a lot of the tracks because guitar is the first instrument I ever learned. And so as I got better at producing hip hop stuff, I realized that the more unique instruments you use and the more analog tools you use, you get a lot of, you know, quality of sound. And so guitar was kind of my easiest way to do that. So you'll hear guitar on a lot of the tracks. I also started to learn sampling and there's a lot of sampled records in the battle worn beats compilation. So influences were like all the way up from, you know, like old rock and roll to like, Jay Dilla and Timbaland and um, Kanye West, like those are kind of like big producers that I really loved in hip hop. And I like that big hip hop sound with like big chanty choruses or catchy hooks, but also like really flowy verses that people could rap to if they wanted to. But I also like, I also got influences from more trippy kinds of music like Tipper and um, Radiohead. Radiohead's a really big one for me. Nice. Yeah, that's, so, that's all over. I like that. Yeah, it is. So that's me trying my best to explain all the different influences that have gone into the all the music on that mix. Nice. Yeah, that's, uh, it's funny, man. I, I haven't listened to Radiohead in a while. I think my favorite track of theirs was, like, Idiotic. I don't know if you remember that track. Idiotech. 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 Yeah, there we go. That, yeah. that <laughs> fucking... <laughs> super good. Yeah, <laughs> really good stuff, man. Um, so let's kind of peer into your life as an artist. Um, I know you said you, you know, did a lot of, you had a, a bunch, how many bands were you in exactly? <laughs> dude, I don't even know, dude. <laughs> but I can tell you from my, from, from my band projects, there's only been a few. Okay. My high school band was Rhythmic Haven. Um, in college, I played in quite a few other people's bands, but I didn't do my own thing because I was kind of feeling like I didn't feel like doing it anymore. Right. And, and then when I kind of got, and then I played with more bands in South Florida, like the numbers, I don't even know if I can count it, but lots of very short term things with different people that were all felt like 
not for me, you know? Right. Okay. And, um, that's what led me into producing because I felt like I couldn't rely on other musicians anymore to get shit done. So I need to be able to compose the whole thing in my computer. And that was kind of my motivation to become a good producer because that way you don't, you don't need a band, <laughs> you know, no, I totally uh, but, but after that, I moved to Colorado and I wanted to play in bands again. And so I started a couple bands, one band in college that was a successful project, but we never recorded anything. We just got a, we did our recorded our hour long set on YouTube. And so I wrote about an hour's worth of music that was kind of rap rock hybrid with my last band in college. And then I tried to make, but we didn't record. So then I tried to start another band and record the same material, but then that fizzled before I could get that done. And so there was about three bands that I had made in my life. And, um, now I'm kind of like in the solo spot again, trying to see if maybe a band is possible. Maybe it's not. I don't really know. All I know is I'm working with whoever wants to work with me. And I do have a long-term goal of making a live set with, with a sort of band again, even if it is electronic music or whatever it is. Okay, nice. Um, so, yeah. Are you currently based in Colorado or? Well, I was, but the pandemic kind of made my job end and it made my landlord kick us out basically. Okay. And so Sorry I didn't that. see a reason. That's okay. I didn't really see a reason to stay in Colorado anymore because all the things that I wanted to do there stopped being available. Okay. And um, I was working as a school teacher there, but this is kind of the worst time ever to be a school teacher. If you know anybody that's doing that, it's not fun right now. Right. And it kind of pushed me over the edge and it made me say, forget it. I'm going to leave and I'm just going to do my music thing because that's all I want to do anyway. I feel that. Um, so like living your life as a, you know, a producer, as a musician, do you feel like that's something that that possibly that experience has taught you that you wouldn't get otherwise? Yes. Um, music is the most selfless thing I know. So to make good music is to be selfless. And I think that that's, music's taught me that in a way nothing else has because I see music as something that comes from a higher power. And only when we kind of get rid of our, let go of our attachments and our egos and our kind of control issues that we have in creative process, that is how the best stuff gets created. And so that's kind of been my Zen, how, my, how I've learned to be selfless is in the creative space so that everyone has the room to express themselves, even if it's my project or if it's somebody else's project. It's not about that. It's about the flow of the art. What does the art want? And that's how I feel like I've learned to be selfless is to work with musicians, even on something that's important to me, but to not get uptight or upset about something not going my way, so to speak. Nice. Good stuff right there. Um, so let's kind of like jump into the mind of you as a producer. Um, one, what's your what's your favorite DAW? What do you like to use? Mainly? Logic Pro. Logic Pro, nice. It, I'm, I'm so exclusive with it. I don't touch Ableton. Okay. Pro Tools. Uh, yeah, Logic does everything I needed to do. So. Yeah, when I was a uh, when I was going to Full Cell, that's what they made us use mainly Logic Pro and uh, Pro Tools. I appreciated both of them. Um, so do you... Oh wow, you went to uh, freaking you went to Full Sail? <laughs> yeah, man, Full Sail. I went to Valencia right next to Full Sail. Nice. That's where I was doing audio engineering. Yeah, I didn't go to the Winter Park campus. I wish I was rich enough to do that shit, but I I just did the online stuff. <laughs> oh gosh, 
about it. Because yeah, just... I had friends who were there because I was right next to this. I lived behind Full Sail. That's bad. That's where I live. That's yeah. bad. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So what do you think about, like, Logic Pro? Do you think it's, like, just, you know, as far as the DAW is concerned, do you think it's just a tool, or do you think it, there's something different? Because I know with Logic, I really loved how it processed audio vocals and, like, shit like that, but... Yeah. What do you yeah. think? So, I, I mean, I don't know if this is still the case, but back in the day, to me, between Logic and Pro Tools, which were, like, the only players back then... Mm-hmm. It felt like Logic was really good at both processing audio, but much better at arranging MIDI. And Logic was like was like MIDI professional to me, whereas Pro Tools was trash with it. Yeah. And so Logic being so good with MIDI, it also felt like the perfect composer's tool. That's kind of how I saw it. Nice. Um, nowadays, though, Ableton, I think, kind of might be taking that realm but it's a different way of thinking about the writing process and so logic's much more like linear you know yeah and um i'm used to that so that's my comfort zone and i think logic's the perfect DAW for that linear basic like beginning to end write a song kind of idea along with it's our great great audio processing because the it's just the default plugins of logic you really have almost all the sound design you could pretty much need in there and uh, it's very pro and it's very clean and I just like its workflow, you know? It yeah. seems very easy and intuitive to me. Right. And is there like a like a favorite BST that you use? Or are you more like a hardware? What's your go-to like piece of music? Like Serum or do you have like a, a hard synth? I know you use mainly your guitar on a lot of stuff too, but is there something else? Yeah, I actually don't use any BSTs at all. Um, wow. I've tried a couple of them like camel audio makes some really cool uh distortion vsts and um compression vsts camel audio uh -huh. but that's like a while ago, in a while but i i always as soon as i've tried my first analog synth that's pretty much everything on the battle worn beats compilations of purely electronic music it's almost all analog synths but digital drums and okay. so I guess the VSTs that I use are the ones that come in Logic. EXS24 um, is cool. Um, the, e, the ES2 is, you know, that's an old favorite. But those are defaults in Logic, you know. Um, and Ultrabeat. I guess, I guess that's technically considered a VST too. Ultrabeat, the drum sampler that Logic's had for like 10 years now. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love it. It's it's pretty it's pretty buggy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember to having to use day, that shit. <laughs> yeah, to this day, it is buggy as fuck. Like I experience bugs in it all the even today. Like they've had it for over ten years and they can't get it <laughs> out. But said, um, fuck it, one patch is fine. That's good. Yeah, but you know what? I'm able to sequence my drums in it, so that's all that matters. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nice. So, nice. Yeah, logic is tight, dude. I've I've got pretty much zero issues with it like I, I wish it's it's warping was a little bit better it's still not as you know it, Ableton's got that on lock but I hope Logic can figure out the warp and audio like warping on their level and then it would be perfect to me yeah and maybe clean up Ultra Beat a little bit <laughs> <laughs> fucking gonna get a phone call from Logic and I'm be like hey guys I'm gonna need you to calm down cease and desist goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> for real though <laughs> So but I, I'm a big supporter. It's, they're my favorite, so yeah. Nice. So I always ask all, every producer on this, um, what 
What's something that you've been doing this since you were 16? How old are you now? 30. 30? Okay. If you could go back, let's say even when you were like, I don't know, maybe 13 and give yourself some advice um, or even some advice to a new up and coming person who thinks they want to make music and do that with their life. Like what's, what's some advice that you would give yourself for that up and coming producer? Okay. So that's an easy one. Finish the projects you start. That's it. That's what I would tell myself. <laughs> nice. Simple and to the point. No, dude, I, I totally understand that because I got a bunch of bones in the goddamn graveyard and I'm just like, well, this is a nice eight second loop, but I don't know where to go from here. And I'm pretty sure that's a, a good um, curse that all of us have probably. I'm, I've, oh, yeah. I try to finish it, but it's just, you know, sometimes I'm like, eh, whatever. And I'll just throw it in the yeah. graveyard. Yeah, but you know what? Let me be more specific because I don't mean like every track project. I mean like, you know, I want to make a CD. I'm going to make this CD. And so like you, you know, you might write some music, you might record with some people, you might not. But if something feels like it's going to stop you from doing that, see if, if maybe you can still, you know, get it done. Like don't let the universe stop you from accomplishing your goals. It's kind of like what I'm wish I would have known myself because I feel like I gave up before things finished all the time. And like, for instance, my band in college, like we made, we rehearsed for like five, six months and we wrote and, and rehearsed it together so we could play it live, like really good material. And I got really tired and wanted to go to Florida before we recorded and it ruined everything because everybody left before I got back. And, um, I should have finished it. I should have finished the project I started and not got lazy with it and let it slip by me because I, I very much regretted not finishing it. And now I would have to do that work again, or it may never exist again. And I might just make new stuff and it doesn't matter, but I wish I finished it. And I wish I did that every time I had a project idea that I got halfway or more to, to finish those things and not let my, not let life get in the way. Nice. Yeah. But no. I throw away tracks all the time. So I don't mean like, finish every track you start that's a, that is good advice too but i don't think i could do that either <laughs> <laughs> right yeah no that's that's good shit and i think the people need to hear that too like you know once you once you make that commitment follow through for sure um I, I feel that 100 percent um so where can where can the people where can the public find you on you know social media or soundcloud or how do we look up your music where are you where are you at okay so I am on all streaming services now since I'm on distribution with DistroKid. And so my personal favorite Spotify, but you know, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, like all the streaming services I'm on. Although sound, my SoundCloud has not been active in a while. I've posted my old stuff on SoundCloud, but I haven't been using the platform. So I just haven't been posting on it either. But basically, you know, Spotify, iTunes, whatever is where you'll hear the music. But my, Instagram and Twitter is where you can communicate with me. And both of those are the same handle, which is VOE underscore music. VOE so underscore music. Okay. Yeah, that's me on social media. But if you want to find my music, just Google Guatevo. And you can find it on whatever your platform of your choice. Nice. I was going to ask, what's the uh, what's the SEO on that? Because it seems like a pretty unique name, Guatevo. So are, do you uh, come up pretty quickly? Well, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier that I was originally my producer moniker was Vo mm -hmm. and um, VOE all capitals. And that's why I made VOE music, my tags for the social medias. 
but I didn't, and I produced on, I released music on SoundCloud for five or six years like that. But then when I finally wanted to distribute officially, there were many, many VOEs and I did not want to release uh, under a very common name. You get lost in the mix. Yeah. I feel you. Right. And so it so happened that at that exact same time I had was in Guatemala and I had met a guy who ran a studio there who I recorded the, the CD, the EP of mine, Kindling, was all recorded there in Guatemala in Panajachel on Lake Atitlan in a little adobe studio that's in a coffee farm. <laughs> wow. This guy built by himself and with an architect friend and some Guatemalan locals. He's a Guatemalan local as well. But um, so, so after recording that CD Kindling and wanting to release it and make a real CD, which I'd never pressed anything to CD before, I was on distribution and I was like, man, Vo's taken. And then I thought, Guadavo, that sounds pretty cool. And I'm like, I'm inspired by the energy I got from Guatemala and the music I made there. And so I figured I'm going to run with this. I'm going to be Guadavo now instead of Vo and kind of evolve my musical identity to this new, new one. I like that. That's a nice uh, origin story to say to a degree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to leave my past of Vo, but I wanted to make it better and bring it into something new. So Guatavo, adding something onto that name made it feel like it's a new name, it's an original name, but it still carries my my Vo past. Cool. Um, so do you have any any, I guess, other like producer friends? I always ask all the producers on here because that's kind of what this platform is. Just a, you know, we just want to be able to showcase music that possibly wouldn't be heard otherwise. Um, so do you have any producer friends that you would possibly recommend to, for them to showcase their talent on this platform? Oh, dang, definitely. Um, oh man, I got a lot of them, but let me think of who comes to mind right away. Um, Opalite. Opalite is my friend from Colorado who produces really good dubstep. Really, really fucking good. And, um, Sorry for cursing. That's not okay. <laughs> You're good, bro. <laughs> it's an um, explicit and, show. <laughs> so Opalite is Opal, A oh, I'm sorry, O-P-A-L-Y-T-E. And he's a young producer out of Colorado. And he, he kind of carries the Colorado sound to me, like that dubstepy, wubby, like trippy electronic music. Like he's got down really well. And another producer friend of mine from Colorado is Calvin Hobbs. Um, he, he also makes it's not even dubstep. I don't know what to call his stuff. It's like crazy noise, electronic dubby craziness. And both of those guys are, I think they're on the same label, but they're really good friends of mine and they're really great musicians. And one more producer that I'm going to throw out. He's from South Florida. His name's Maroon Rhythms. Rhythms like, like uh, Jamaican, like spelling for rhythm. Yeah. R I D D I M Z maroon rhythms and so he's a a dope south florida producer and uh, he makes more like reggae um hip-hop like kind of hybrid stuff okay and um so those three guys are really all really great producers and i recommend them all <laughs> nice yeah no definitely gonna have to get their information after this and try and link up with them like i said this is pretty much what the concept of this show is. I find a producer and I get his friends, producers, and it just rabbit holes from there. And I just, the amount of fucking musical talent out there is just insane. And I love that, you know, the most of us, we, you know, we're not mainstream. We've probably had a couple of shows, played a couple of festivals, did a few things, but 
for the most part, you know, a lot of people haven't heard our music and I appreciate being able to show that to the world per se. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. You're spreading the gospel. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. Uh, no, thank you. Honestly, I really appreciate you taking the time to put together your music to send me. Um, I know it's kind of interesting and it's, I'm getting to the point now where a lot of the guests on this show, I haven't physically met in real life. So um, I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to do that um, so that I can showcase your talent to the world. It's good shit, man. Good shit for sure. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, Metaphysic. I've been following you on Twitter for a couple of years and always love your tweets, man. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, bro. Um, so do you have any last words? Now's the chance to kind of get them out there to the world. Um, here's your shot. Okay, well, I'll just do a quick shameless summary plug. Um, <laughs> Guatavo, um, I'm a producer and rapper and singer, and my I got two beat tapes out. I just dropped one yesterday, Battle Worn Beats 2. You also got Battle Worn Beats 1 and my CD Kindling, recorded in the jungles of Guatemala. All good music ranges from hip-hop to folk and rock and everything in between, so... If you like it, please share it and check out those other guys too, because we're just all trying to, we're all trying to do our best. You know, it's not been easy to make money in the music world these days. I think it's getting easier, but because of how hard it is, I just want to say support. If you like it, support it and share it. And that's all you got to do. And to keep the, the train rolling, you know? Damn right, guys. Like, listen, share, support. That's like my, my four commandments right there. <laughs> For real. But yeah, man, Aaron, I want to thank you so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate you for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. And it is quite an enjoyable time. Uh, by the way, what's the name of the podcast? Third Coast Base Radio. Um, say that again? Third, Third Coast Base Radio? Yeah, Third Coast Base Radio. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to share it and cannot wait to show it to friends and family. So thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it.
is unacceptable. to do is this.
say a big thank you uh, for listening to this mix. I really appreciate it. And a big thanks to Third Coast Base Radio for allowing me to do it. That last track that you heard was my Daylight Remix. Um, shout out to the homie Nihil for allowing me to remix his track. Uh, had some killer vocals on it and it's become one of my favorite projects I've ever worked on. And that drops today actually. So go ahead and check that out if you really liked it. And again, thank you so much for checking out this mix. I hope you really enjoyed and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Three, two, yo, that fucking mix was super awesome. Sexy dark noise, just how I like it. Uh, we got Griff on the line. Say what's up to everyone, Griff. Yo, what is up, everyone? Hope you're all doing well. Fuck yeah, man. So um, we'll just go ahead and jump right into it. Um, what's your name? What's your background? Uh, how did Griff music come into be? What's your, what's your origin story? So I guess it all started with uh, one of my homies who was, uh, you know, he was making music 
you know, Julian's thing. And he, you know, gave me a free copy of uh, FL Studio and a bunch of samples and shit. So I was just at his crib and I was just fucking around with it. And it kind of just started there. Like, I had the passion for it immediately. Uh, but it became something that I did, like, maybe once a week. You know, I wasn't super invested in it. But then as I started going to more shows and seeing how cool this shit was, like, I would just start every night. Like, I would get home from work and just head to the studio. Um, and I did that. So I've been making music for, like, three years now. But I didn't release anything until, like, December of 2018. Just because, like, you know, it takes a while till you feel confident in your music. Yeah, and then it's just been the same shit. I do it just about every day still. Nice. So do you have any previous, like... Uh, like musical background or you are with any instruments or are you kind of just self-taught um how did you how did you actually start learn like what did what made you learn to get into the groove of being a producer so i did play like a shit ton of guitar back in high school like uh essentially i would just learn all my favorite like lincoln park songs and shit like that (laughs) nice yeah so but again like i didn't do any electronic producing or anything till like three years ago um i guess it was just getting more into the genre, like finding a bunch of cool artists and just trying to make shit like that and then de- eventually developing your own sound. Um, yeah, many hours of YouTube videos, uh, just getting frustrated and closing the project without saving, you know, shit like that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man, it uh, feels good though to like be able to finally make shit that I enjoy and that other people enjoy too. It's, uh, it's fucking crazy. Like, cause you know, my homies and shit, they'd all be like, oh, you know, it's fire, bro. But once you start, you know, meeting people on Twitter and then they tell you, you know, your shit's good and like you've never talked to them before, you don't really know them. Like, I don't know, it gives you a confidence boost. I feel that. Yeah, no, man. Um, you know, Jacob or Symbolism, he's the one who recommended you. Um, and that's kind of what this platform is. You know, I kind of just jump off of like producers and like their friends and our rabbit hole. Basically, and I just kind of go, and your sound was definitely fucking amazing. It it hit me. It hit me really well, and this mix was fucking insane, man. It was all over the place, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, sure. that, that means a lot. Yeah, man. So we'll just go ahead and kind of just jump into your mix and your tracks. Um, are, are any of those unreleased, or are they released? Um, I, I really yeah. loved every track, so let's just jump oh, into sure. that. Again, thank you, thank you. So there's a couple unreleased uh, tracks in there. The very last one comes out, I believe, the same day that this mix does, uh, September 30th. Yeah. Um, so that'll be on my SoundCloud. That one, my homie Nihil from uh, Germany actually sent me the stems for that, and he's doing, like, an open remix competition. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's a dope tune. I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Uh, there's also one of the liquid drum and bass tracks that's in there that's coming from uh, a new EP I have in the works. It's going to be a full, like, liquid drum and bass EP. And uh, I'm stoked to work on that because recently all I've been doing is like collabs and, uh, you know, remixes. So it's nice to get back into creating a solo project again. Yeah, I really love those uh, those DMB tracks, too. I mean, the whole mix is fucking sex, dude. Like, I don't know. I just I appreciate your music. So thank you for doing what you do. Um, of course. Man. So it all starts with, you know, passion and shit. So I love doing it. So I feel that. So who inspires your sound today? Like, was was it a particular show that you went to? Or was there, what was your, like, holy shit, all right, so, like, this is what I want to do moment. Because I know with me particularly, I saw Tiesto back in 2011. Okay. And, 
that show kind of blew my mind. I'd been a fucking, you know, a metal kid for the most part, going to, like, oh, Ozfest and fucking, you know, a Mayhem yeah. Fest and shit like that back in Dallas. But, um, no, nah, dude, I saw Tiesto, and I was like, this is this is amazing. Before he got, like, overhyped, and he's booked everywhere a thousand times. But Right, see, I saw Tiesto back in 2017, and he was, like, even huge. But it was still a great show. Like, yeah. No, nah, he always puts on a great show, but... Back then, it was really, it was something special. And then after that, I fucking discovered Skrillex and Borgorn. That was it. Oh, <laughs> I was like, this is my life fucking now. Borgorn ruined dubstep. Like, <laughs> that got me into the shit. I was like, all right, this shit's cool. Yeah, man, that shit. So um, who inspires you? So it's a lot. Like, I would say, like, what got me to really making music was seeing Noisia live at the Imagine Music Festival in 2017. Nice. I was so blown away by just their me because I wasn't like I knew Noisia but I wasn't like super into them at the time so like we got home and you know I stayed up till like six in the morning just listening to all different types of drum and bass I was like this is what I want to do um and then from because like at that point I'd been messing around with it for a while but it wasn't something I was dedicated to at all it was just more something I would do at you know every once in a while um so they had huge impact on me um another one Ivy Lab by far, some of the best electronic music I think that's been created. Um, and I'm still like, every day I just strive to be, you know, like them just because I think they're amazing. Nice. Um, also, Alex Perez, uh, amazing stuff. Saruta, uh, Epram G. Jones, all those guys kind of play into it. Yeah, when, I was, sure. when I was listening to I definitely got a... I got an EPROM slash Noisia vibe from you, and I was like, this is lit. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is... I mean, like, I listen to their music just on her beat for years now, so it just comes naturally, you know? Nice. Yeah, man, I, like, kind of got the inspiration for Third Coast Space Radio from Noisia, um, and I just kind of wanted to extend that platform, because I know with them, they just get a bunch of fucking submissions that they sift through, because they're so big at this point, but sure. I, I kind of wanted to just take the idea of, like, okay, where's that that hidden talent, though? Where's the fucking people that you don't hear, you know, on SoundCloud, because it's not a part of the repost network or whatever the fuck, just, you exactly. know, super, super good, talented, un, you know, underrated producers. And, For um, sure. Yeah. And no, I, I respect the fuck out of that, like... And, you know, once you've, you know, because you got to start at the bottom, right? Like, yeah. it's where someone starts and they have a following. So, like, you end up meeting a lot of other underground producers and you realize, like, that's where all the good fucking music is. Like, yes. All my homies just make stupid gas. I'm like, yo. I'm Dude, like, that's cool. I'll take a fucking a SoundCloud, like, like, account with, like, 200 followers, but it has some really hidden gems over, you know, a really huge ass account any day, honestly. Like, I love the huge accounts just because, all right, that's the mainstream good shit, like Saruta, Alex Perez. Okay, boom. But where are the motherfuckers that I don't know about yet? Those are, for sure. that's what I love. Because that, that's <laughs> like, you know, those are the people that are doing it not for money. They're doing it just because mm-hmm. they really like music and they're just having fun. Yeah, man, for sure. And I, it's funny because I don't know how you feel about it. Borgorn now. I was just having this conversation with another friend. I was like, well, you know, what happened to Borgorn? Like, I know he's still making music and shit, but like, Borgorn ruined dubstep versus what he's making today. It shit sounds completely different. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, like, I haven't listened to Borgorn since like 2014. Like, <laughs> you know honestly, I saw him live a couple of years ago, but even after that, I was like, eh, I don't. Yeah, it's like, I don't, and I don't, it just makes me wonder. Like, I guess, I don't know if that's what happens over time. Like, 
you're, you're. I mean, I think it's just a. Uh, it's a thing when like artists get really big. Like, uh, I always use the example Drake because like Drake used to be so good. Yeah. I'll <laughs> and take then that. he just got to a certain level of success and like it just became trash. Yeah, it's, it's like, like you just do you not give a fuck anymore. Like I never understood that. Like. <laughs> I think part of it too is like once you live a certain lifestyle, you know, like being super wealthy or whatever, you're just you're kind of out of touch with like what made your music good in the first place yeah. just because you're no longer at that point. I'll take that. Um, so if, if, like you being a producer, do you feel like, um, you know, being a musical artist, has that taught you anything that you probably wouldn't get otherwise experience-wise? Oh, oh absolutely. Because um, it's something that you can kind of apply to other things. Like it's a learning process, you know, uh, and especially self-teaching it, like, now I can, if there's any, like, I also do Photoshop. Like, I did a very similar thing where, like, I just wanted to learn how to make a cover and then end up just learning it, and it just becomes easier. Um, also, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's like, almost like Kanye West has a great lyric where he says, sometimes music is the only medicine, and I think that's true. Like, after a super shitty day, I come home, and I just kind of escape. And it's just a way to, you know, put those emotions that you're feeling into just a work of art. I feel that. Yeah, man, I've been kind of, I've been working on my fucking album that I was supposed to release this year all for like the past four months. I released an EP in like April and shit, and then I just kind of been working on the same track for a while, and I just, uh, I don't know, man. I haven't been, uh, fucking 2020, this COVID shit is really uninspiring. Oh, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know that like, I had, a, uh, I had a month off of work, like paid, um, just because, like, you know, shut down or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't write anything in that time because I was, like, super depressed. Uh, like, I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. And, like, every time I would try and do some shit in Ableton, it just, like, I don't know, I just had writer's block, like, I couldn't do anything. And I felt like only maybe, like, two months ago, I kind of started to get back in the rhythm of things. Yeah. Uh -oh. Yeah, it was just a weird time for, like, most of this year. <laughs> Yeah, dude, nah, 2020, this is the great equalizer, I call it, because it kind of put everyone in the same position. You know what I mean? All right, so sure. you're locked in the house now. You probably can't do shit. Who are you really type shit, you know? And I think a lot of us, you know, musical artists, we're kind of, we've gone through the same cycle. And I, it's funny because I'm seeing a lot of us start to get inspired and break out of it again. I know... Um, when I listened to your mix as well as the other guest on this episode's mix, I was like, well, fucking, this is, I, I, this is what I live for. You know what I'm saying? Really fucking good music. And I don't know why I've been allowing myself to be in such a rut this entire time. So I will say, bro, thank you for your mix because it inspired oh, me sure. to start fucking making music again and start working <laughs> on this album. So that's just, I'm glad it could, you know, have that effect. Like, I mean, and that's, you know, that's happened to me before where like, you know, I think that, oh, you know, my music's trash. Like, I'm going to just stop for a bit. And then I hear either a big artist or, you know, one of my homies sends me some shit. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, fuck, I need to get back in it. Like, I love doing it. Right. Seriously, man. Um, so let's kind of jump into your mind as a producer. Um, first of all, like, what's your, <laughs> I always pander, what's your favorite doll? Oh, uh, Ableton. Ableton? Uh, okay. I'm an sorry, Ableton. Sorry, user. Sorry, FL users. Sorry, <laughs> FL users. Uh, it's trash. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. Once you, like, find, I feel like they all kind of do the same thing. It's just a preference, really. 
Right. Um, and Ableton just, I don't know, once I learned it, it just became super easy to use to where, like, you know, I don't think about it now. I just more use it to get out ideas. Right. Yeah. So whatever allows you to do that the fastest is what I would recommend. Right. I was going to ask you that. Um, like, do you think it's just a tool or do you feel like certain DAWs have different capabilities over other DAWs, you know? So I've only used Ableton and FL, and I will say that Ableton just has so many dope plugins that, like, you really don't need a whole lot, like, especially if you're just starting out, like, it has everything you need built into it. Yeah. Um, which I, I fucking love, because, like, I only have a handful of plugins that I use. I find myself, like, the default reverb is fucking awesome. <laughs> it actually is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, no, it's... Um... I was gonna ask, so like, are you more capable in the DAW? Do you have like a, you said you only use a handful of plugins. Do you have a go-to VST? Uh, what, like what's your go-to like sound design? Do you have uh, any hardware synths or anything like that? So the main, like obviously Serum, like, you know, that's the standard kind of. Um, so I use that a lot. Also I use Reactor a lot. Um, that's what's our form by Reactor. I want to say it is. Um, basically, it's like a sampler, so you can drag any sound into it, and then you, from there you can add on effects, do different pitches, uh, automations, and all that stuff, and it's just built into the BST. I got it on sale for like 50 bucks. It's usually like 100 um, and I use that so frequently just because it's fun to just play around. And usually, like, I'll just throw out some drums and then just start playing around with something, and that ends up becoming the main track. Nice. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, let's kind of dive into... So you have a blank DAW open, you know, like, what? how do you start making your music? I always start with drums. Uh, usually, like, when I go into a sesh, I have, you know, a certain genre in mind. Or, like, oh, you know, I want to make a house beat or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't always, like, stay that way because, like, I've thrown in sounds and I'm like, ooh, maybe if I just changed up the drum pattern a little bit, it'll, you know, sound better. Um, so really it's just drums, and usually I'll try and get a bass line. Uh, and then, because from there, you can start to add different elements on top of that. Okay. Yeah, and a lot of it, like, I say most of the time I don't go in with a plan. Like, most of the time I'm just fucking around, and then I stick with something, and I'm like, yo, this could be a track. And I just build on top of that for, like, a month or two. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what what is your normal timeline for banging out tracks. I know, like, sometimes I'll just get taken over by a creative muse and, like, I could bang one out in, like, fucking one day. But I there's <laughs> a track that I still am working on and it's, like, at least a year old, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I totally feel that. For me, it really depends on how much I like it and what I plan on doing with it. It's, like, if it's just a single and I'm not, like, super fucking with it, I'm like, yeah, this is cool, but, like, I probably won't spend that much time on it whereas like an ep or something i could spend like you know six months plus on it just because you know you're fine-tuning everything and trying to figure out how to get each track as close to perfect as you can get it right yeah man it's interesting uh, i i find the electronic music world the most um i, I guess mind-blowing to a degree simply because it's it's unlimited creativity um, and I find it interesting how people tap into that creative flow. You know what I mean? Like sound design in itself is just super crazy in the electronic music scene. And uh, oh, especially in the like the heavy bass scene. And it, it just kind of blows my mind, man. Just the creative, like unlimited potential that's out there. I, I really enjoy it. 
Yeah, and I mean, that's why I respect, you know, um, artists like Ivy Lab and G. Jones, just because you're like, like, this one dude has made this shit that sounds completely different than anything you've ever heard. Like, <laughs> like how are you doing this? You know what I mean? I'm like, what drugs are you taking, guy? <laughs> Sign me up. Dude, honestly, I feel like G. Jones probably, he might just smoke weed. Like, that's... <laughs> I, I can totally see that. I'd be like, bruh. <laughs> nah dude his shit's his shit's amazing i think uh fuck i can't it's i'm drawing a blank right now what was his album that just came out that his oh the uh the ineffable truth yeah the ineffable truth yeah. I, I have it on vinyl what the fuck am i talking about yeah dude that that was probably one of i don't know best electronic music album of the year for sure like oh, i would say like uh this might be a bit you know too much but uh like within the past like five years or so like that album was just so unique. Yeah, seriously, he put a lot of emotion into that, and it's, I hate that his mom died because you could kind of see him like break a little bit after that. You know what I mean? Like that shit. He was like, "All right, I don't really want to do the things that I'm doing right now." Well, can I share? Yeah, uh, I have a funny story about a, a G Jones track. Yeah. So I was looking for samples to like put into one of my tracks. And I found this one like YouTube video of where they gave uh, LSD to an artist. And I was like, yo, this is really cool. But I was like, something sounds familiar. And I like, I listened to it more. I was like, fuck, Dijon's already used this. <laughs> and was, I forget what track it was. Um, but I was like, God damn it. Well, can't use that. <laughs> can't use that now. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I was pretty mad at the time. Fuck, man. Um, yeah, dude. So I always ask the producers of this, and you said you've been doing this for three, four years now? Uh, like a little over three. Okay, okay. So if you could go back and give yourself some advice, um, maybe 10 years ago or to the potential up-and-coming producer that's listening to this podcast today, what's some advice that you would offer yourself or that producer? That's uh, that's tough. I would say like if I could go back like ten years, I would say because like I downloaded Ableton when I was like fifteen or, or not Ableton uh, FL. When I was like fifteen or so. Yeah. So I was curious, and it just it was too overwhelming at the time. I would tell myself just stick with it. Like it sucks for like two years, but then you get to a point where you know you're making shit that is cool. Uh, so I'd say do that. And like I really wish I could go back and play like some of my tracks now for me when I first started. Cause like sometimes I'll get stuck on a track. I'm like, oh, this sounds like shit. But I'm like, no, like compared to what I used to make, this blows it out of the water, you know? Yeah. Um, and for new producers, I would say just watch as many YouTube videos as possible. Uh, that really helped just, you know, just like music theory and stuff like that. Like how to structure a song. Uh, Cause that stuff's really important. And once you get like a base idea, like a 16 bar loop or whatever, you can turn that into a track pretty easily once you have the idea out there. Um, yeah. And uh, another one, don't overthink shit. Shout out Kenny Beats. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, you know, that gets in the way so much. Yeah, I I agree 100. Um, percent I think that's what's been happening with me. Basically, I'd fucking get it on. I'm like, well. Let me uh let me think about everything. What do I want to do here? What key am I in? What tempo? And I'm like, why am I thinking about all this shit? Just, you know, usually the the really good shit is when you're not thinking about it and you're just like, oh right. man, this fucking this little loop here sounds good. Let me build off that and then build off that. Next thing you know, you got a fucking track. So yeah. And once you start like head bobbing to your own shit, like you're doing something right. Yeah. And it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned like you know the experience of 
you know, what your first tracks sounded like. Dude, I actually, I found like a, my old, it was like a fucking mini netbook, honestly, that I had an old, old downloaded copy of FL Studio on there. And it was probably the first beat I ever possibly made. And it was fucking garbage, bro. Oh, like, yeah. it's just terrible. Like, my first beat was just, you know, 140 BPM, uh, the most generic trap drums you can imagine, and just a bass line. Like, like there was no melody, there were no effects. Just straight trash. I was, like, I was like, yo, this kind of hard, though. I know, right? You like proud of yourself because you're like, hey, this ain't that bad, actually. Right. And I had a homie that was, uh, he's still my roommate. Um, like, he's, you know, pretty uh, well into music. Like, that's his whole thing. Like, he got me onto most of the music I listen to now. Um, and he would always just be like, yo, this shit is straight trash, dude. <laughs> and so I was like, fuck. But, you know, there was a day, it was like, I don't know, a year or two into it, where he was like, yo, this is actually kind of good. And that's when I was like, okay, now I'm finally getting somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, dude, it's, I, I think the, the journey of the, you know, electronic artists is, is very fun, man. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's something like, extremely unique for sure it has its ups and downs for sure but overall like you end up learning so much and meeting new people like all that's so much fun seriously I'm so where can where can everyone find you on social media or you know soundcloud um, spotify are you on yeah i'm on all that shit cool uh, let's see so it's gr space i or no yeah gr space i space ff um and then my Twitter handle is just at Griff Music X. Uh, no spaces or anything. Um, and then, yeah. Nice, nice. And you said, so I, I like that because that probably makes the search optimization a little better, right? When you put the spaces in between the. It does. It does. Nice. Okay. Yeah, dude, I fucked up. So, like, I, you know, I, I go by Metaphysic or whatever, and I'm like, well, that's a pretty damn generic-ass fucking name. So I had to throw Metaphysic Raver on all of my handles so that oh, it would, shit, it that would pop you. up. <laughs> but my show name is Metaphysic, but I was like, fuck, I don't know how I'm going to make that SEO pretty good because Metaphysic is just so damn broad. Yeah, man, I feel like that's... Uh, honestly, that was a hard thing for me, like, picking a name just because, like, one, there's so many fucking names out there. <laughs> And there's just so many artists, it's hard to find one that's, you know, not been used before. For real. Dude, I wish somebody but, told me about that shit, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And you also want it to be something that, uh, you know, you connect with. So, for example, Griff, that's my cat's name. Nice. <laughs> like, I, I love him to death. He's my homie. So I was like, you know what? I got to represent. Nice. That's cool, man. I... <laughs> That's funny. You know what what interests me? I should probably start asking fucking producers this. Do you own a cat or do you own a dog? 90% of the producers I know own a cat and I own a dog and I'm like, "What? What is that?" <laughs> <laughs> that that's funny. Uh like I have kind of both like I I own a cat like he's four. Um but then my girlfriend has a dog. So like I'm all, I'm around both pretty frequently. Right. Um and actually I dog sit sometimes for uh people. Uh, so I, I like both. Like for okay. me, cats are just easier. Like I don't have the time to fully take care of a dog. I feel you. But I would say I like dogs more. Oh, oh, oh my cat's not in the room. You won't get mad. Um, <laughs> He's like you, motherfucker. Yeah. They're both cool in their own ways. Cool, cool. Um, so 
Um, I got your information from symbolism, and I, I really love doing this, because like I said, I just kind of rabbit hole, and I'll get the information later on, but if you could recommend anybody for Third Coast Space Radio to kind of like, you know, be on the platform that allows them to showcase their talent, who would you recommend? Ooh, I got a couple diehard homies. Uh, Ornata, Libertalia the Swashbuckler, Nihil, uh, Thick Boy, I don't know if you know him, Super dope dude. So if you want, I can send you all their info. Nice. Yeah, no, definitely. I'll get with you after that. You know, I was actually going to be on a, a Twitch stream with Thick Boy and all that, but um, I just kind of backed out of it last minute because um, I had shit to do. Symbolism, he offered me to be on a part of that. I guess they're doing a pre-party uh, Twitch stream for some, some other event, um, and Thick Boy was on the lineup. Uh, it was funny because I was like, that's an interesting name. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, we actually have a collab in the works now. Uh, it's pretty fucking nasty. Like, because when I worked with him, like, and I listened to his music, I was like, yo, this is some shit I've never tried before. That, like, kind of deep, dubstepy type shit. Yeah. Um, it's something I've always wanted to do, so it's been a ton of fun working with him. Also, just shout out Symbolism. He's the nicest fucking dude. He is really a good guy. He's <laughs> such a fucking good guy. Yeah, dude. We, um, I've, I've known him. When I was living in Texas and shit, we were pretty much always on the same lineups and shit together, just hanging out or at the same festivals or at the same shows. So he was just one of those guys that was always around, and I never got a bad vibe from him ever. So oh, it's good sure. shit. Like, it was kind of crazy, like, how we met on Twitter. Like... I think I just, someone had reposted one of his videos. I just liked it. Like, that's all I did. I just put a like on it. And then he, for some reason, just went through my SoundCloud. And he started, we started talking. He was like, oh, bro, your shit's dope. <laughs> and we just kind of started talking from there. We also have a collab in the works, but uh, nice. it's been started since, like, I don't know, April or so. We'll get, we'll get out of it. It'll get, it, it'll get out, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, no, dude, it's, it's really good shit, man. I really appreciate just... Like I said, there's unlimited talent out there, and I love finding, you know, homies, 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 because it's like, that's that's what this is, man. I just want to fucking be able to, I want people to be able to showcase their talent out to a broader audience, you know what I mean? Right, right, for sure. So what do you have going in the future for you? I know you said you had a couple of tracks coming out here soon, um, some unreleased shit. Um, what, what do you have planned for the future? I know 2020 is basically... Like I said, the great equalizer, everyone ain't doing shit, but what do you got going on music-wise? So I have two collabs in the work, uh, in the works, uh, one with Big Boy, one with, uh, I'm not going to announce it yet until it's, you know, closer. Okay. <laughs> um, so I got two collabs. I got um, a Daylight remix that's going to be out at the end of the month. And then I have a four-track uh, Liquid Drum and Bass EP that's kind of like my main focus. And I'm really taking my time with this one because I feel like I'm bad at rushing tracks. And then I listen to them later, and I'm like, oh, I could have done this differently or, you know, whatever. So I'm going to try and, you know, get that pretty perfect or as, you know, as close to perfect as I can. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. Like, I've always wanted to make liquid, but just felt like I wasn't quite good enough. Like, each time I would try, I was just like, yo, this sounds ass. But uh, that's some really good results recently. So I'm going to stick with it, and hopefully it'll be out by the end of the year, maybe early 2021. We'll see. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I I don't know, man. Like I said, this this uh, your music and the uh, the previous guest's music was just it, it inspired me to get back to business. Like 
like I said, the last EP I came out was in April, and I, I don't like doing that shit. I don't like not making music for that long, you know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> shit. But, um, yeah, man, I just I, I want to thank you so much for being on the show, bro. Um, if you have any last words, now is your chance to say them. Um, I guess thanks for listening to this interview and uh, the mix itself. I appreciate any support. Um, stay real. That's all I got. Fuck yeah, man. Yo, so there you have it. Third Coast Space Radio, Season 2, Episode 16. Be sure to like, listen, share, support, follow, do all the fucking things that you're supposed to do. Yo, 2020, we almost out this bitch. It's been three years already. What a fucking crazy ass ride. See y'all in the next one. Blah, uh, blah, blah.